We break down why the Baltimore Ravens could trade Tyler Huntley for the start of the 2023 season. We talk about that and so much more coming up next year on this episode of Locked On Ravens. You are Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another episode of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I am here with you, your host, Kevin Ostriker, Ravens Wire. We're here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for being here, making us your first listen every day on Locked On Ravens. Free and available as always, all podcasts and platforms, including in video form on YouTube. We are free, so no money involved when you subscribe, both in audio or video form and we talk Ravens football Monday through Friday here even on this holiday week and if you want to tell a friend or a family member about the show if they're a Ravens fan or somebody who doesn't like the Ravens they want the opposing the enemy perspective we have them covered here for sure here in the first part of the show today there's going to be an interesting conversation here I want to talk about Tyler Huntley a little bit Tyler Huntley is somebody who was ranked third by CBS Sports in terms of ranking backup quarterbacks throughout the league he was ranked as the third best but I, I'm, I get a sense he could potentially be traded. Now, if it happens or not, I don't know. But I want to talk about at least having the conversation of, well, why could this happen? Why might it happen? And we'll also talk about why it couldn't. But I want to talk about the conversation of Tyler Huntley today. Then in the second part of the show, we'll move into highest ceilings on the Ravens and which players have the highest ceilings, both for 2023, for this season, and for the future. And finally, I want to give Mark Andrews some love. I think Mark Andrews has been a forgotten man in, in the way the Ravens do things. To, I think, you know, you get Todd Munkin, you get Odell, you get all these flashy, you know, the offense is changing a little bit. But Mark Andrews is still on the team. It's still really good. So I, I want to give him some love in the final part of the show. So be sure to stay tuned for that. But let's first talk about Tyler Huntley. That, that's that's juicy. Well, I think all of it's juicy today. But Tyler Huntley is a juicy conversation topic here. Because I think some people really like Tyler Huntley. Other people are not so fond of Tyler Huntley. I'm in the middle. I think Tyler Huntley is a solid NFL backup quarterback, but he has clear flaws that I, I think are going to limit him whenever he is on the field. Now, he's somebody that I think fits the Ravens system really well, is, is a fine backup to have for Lamar Jackson when you talk about not necessarily switching skill sets. To like, For example, Joe Flacco to Lamar Jackson was very different. Lamar Jackson and Tyler Huntley, in terms of skill set, is, is not as different. Now, Lamar Jackson obviously is the better player by a wide margin. I, I remember those conversations last year. But to me, Huntley is somebody that I think another team could potentially want. There, there are multiple conversations when it comes to, well, will Tyler Huntley be traded? Will he not be traded? It's something we'll talk about again. I'm sure, I'm sure we're not done with this conversation. But at least... What I want to talk about is the different scenarios, why the Ravens will be interested, why other teams will be interested, why they would keep him, why they wouldn't. So first, with Huntley in particular, he's somebody who has a lot of starting experience, especially within the Ravens offense and the Ravens system. Now, it's, it's a different system with Todd Munkin. It's, it's different now. But to me, I, I don't know. Huntley's somebody who the ceiling just goes so far dramatically down where he can win you some games, but it's the defense that wins you the game right? Like Huntley overall is not like Lamar witness. Of course it's not where he, Lamar, he got the, Oh, well he can put up 30. He can put up 40, like mid twenties with Tyler Huntley. It's mid twenties. It's like the ceiling. It seems like where it's more so low twenties, high teens, mid teens, 
we've seen Tyler Huntley win a lot of games. The defense has carried him to some wins. You know, I, I will not sugarcoat that. It has. I'm not saying Tyler Huntley's, Tyler Huntley's a bad quarterback, but we've seen the decision-making a little bit. It was a little iffy. The deep ball accuracy has been not good. You know, we talked about Lamar's deep ball accuracy last week and how the Ravens can fix that and how Lamar can fix that. But Tyler Huntley's deep ball accuracy has not been good. Not, 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 not been good. And it just, it feels like I would rather have, if Anthony Brown takes some sort of jump, you know, I feel like there's more potential with Anthony Brown and I don't trust is weird because I think I trust Tyler Huntley's experience more than I do Anthony Brown's for obvious reasons. Huntley's played more than Anthony Brown, but I feel like Anthony Brown, if you put two guys, if you put both guys side by side and take out the experience, I like how Anthony Brown projects better in the Ravens offense than Tyler Huntley does. And, and that's just me. I think Huntley's the guy who is more athletic. He can get in the space more. He's more of the, the runner of the two. But Anthony Brown, I think, gives you more of a pocket presence, more deep ball accuracy, just a better overall arm. That, that's not – I'm not trying to disrespect Tyler Huntley. There's no disrespect involved for me here. But what I'm saying is that I think if the Ravens were to say they, – they have a lot of quarterbacks on their roster right now. They're going to need three. I think that's an argument for why they wouldn't trade him, but they're going to need three. But they brought in Josh Johnson, and Josh Johnson is a really interesting one to me. Obviously, with the Ravens, this is a third stint now with Baltimore. But if the Ravens feel like Tyler Huntley's not the best fit or he's not the player they want in that backup role and they feel better with Anthony Brown, I think the preseason is going to dictate a lot here because Huntley's going to get some snaps. I don't think Lamar plays in the preseason this year. I think the joint practices are going to be a really good opportunity for Lamar to get some reps against another team right? with the commanders coming up here. I think that that'll be Lamar's preseason is the joint practices. Tyler Huntley and Anthony Brown are going to be competing. If Huntley stays on the roster, he's the backup, right? Like it is. But same time, I mean, if Anthony Brown really shows out during the preseason and the Ravens also have Josh Johnson, I, I feel like if the Ravens get an offer from a team, and that's the thing, right? What team would offer, what would a team offer for Tyler Huntley? I almost said Lamar Jackson. I'm so used to saying Lamar Jackson and trades. But what would a team offer for Tyler Huntley? It depends on how the preseason goes. It depends on if the team feels comfortable in their quarterback situation. It depends on if there's an injury. Like, for example, we saw injuries with Zach Wilson, for example, last year. Now, the, the Jets had Joe Flacco, and that was their guy, and he obviously started the, for the Ravens in week one. But there are teams, like, what team would benefit, if, if you go down the list, what team would benefit from having Tyler Huntley on their roster either as a plug-and-play starter or as a backup? I think a lot of that is determined in the preseason where maybe some guys just don't – they don't live up to the expectations on teams – and a team decides, wow, we really need another quarterback behind whoever it is. Or a starting quarterback gets injured and is going to be out for a couple months and there needs to be an emergency trade. And a team says, we'll trade you more than Tyler Huntley's probably worth to, to get him off your hands, to have him. And then once our guy comes back, we still believe in Tyler Huntley as the backup. Now, not every team is a fit for Tyler Huntley. And, and Tyler Huntley is not a fit for every team, right? And that's every player. But I feel like Huntley could you know, what would the Ravens want in a deal? What would I want to see in a deal? I think to me, a third for Huntley, a fourth on the very, very low end to me, I think would be good for Tyler Huntley. I feel like if it gets any lower than a fourth, I wouldn't necessarily be as interested, but I think Tyler Huntley does have some sort of value throughout the league. I think teams do value his experience. He's obviously started a playoff game for the Ravens and his, he, he I'm not saying he, I don't want this to come off as I'm saying Tyler Huntley's a terrible quarterback and needs to be gone no matter what. I think Tyler Huntley's fine. I think he's a fine quarterback. Some people really don't like him. Some people really don't like him. 
I just think Anthony Brown projects better. And if you can have Anthony Brown in there with either the same impact as a backup or a little bit less impact, like a tiny drop off, and you get a third or a fourth rounder, maybe even you get lucky, you get a second rounder. I don't know. Compared to Tyler Huntley, who I just think we we have, yeah, I talk about growth. We haven't seen, I think, as much growth as maybe I would like. And look, it's a backup, right? I don't, I don't want to put all these unfair expectations and hopefully Lamar plays the whole year and it's not even a conversation, but the experience is valuable for Tyler Huntley. I just think that the Ravens could trade him if the right opportunity arises, if they feel comfortable enough in Anthony Brown, if, if they feel comfortable enough with having Josh Johnson as like the third quarterback guy. What I will say though, is that with the way that the third quarterback rule has been implemented here, Maybe the Ravens are comfortable with Anthony Brown as that guy on their roster and having him as the emergency third quarterback and having Josh Johnson is a, is a practice squad fourth option. And that, if, if that's the case, I wouldn't expect Humphrey to be traded in that, in that, in that situation. But it's, it's, it's interesting, right? Like to figure out like, Oh, who are the candidates to be traded and why could this guy be traded? Why could he not be? So Humphrey is someone who I don't think a ton of people are realizing, right? I think it's going to be more of a conversation as the as the training camp period goes on, as the preseason goes on. But for right now, I wanted to kind of get ahead of it and talk about it. And I'm sure we're going to talk about it again here at some point on the show. But coming up in the second part of our show here, I'll be talking about some high ceiling players in the Ravens who has the highest ceiling out of some additional groups and more. So be sure to stay tuned for to get to one locked on Ravens. But first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. And take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. At $200, you can spend betting on everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think's going to be the first home run hitter, all that in the safe, secure app. And it's super easy to use as well. There's no better place to bet on all the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's Fandle.com slash locked on. Fandle official partner in Major League Baseball. We're back here. Our second segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostraker still here with you as always. Let's talk high ceilings. You know, we're looking up and we're seeing, oh, this guy could be great. To me, I think there are multiple options. We'll go down the roster, honestly, position by position, talk about some of these high ceiling guys. I'm really excited. And then again, we might have this conversation again later down the line as we get closer to the regular season and even next year. I think it's a, it's a conversation that we had every season. But let's start. Let's start quarterback wise. <laughs> I mean, look, obviously the the guy at that position is Lamar Jackson. He has the highest ceiling out of everybody. But I think Anthony Brown has a pretty high ceiling too. I, I think Tyler Huntley, as we talked about in the first segment, is a fine backup but doesn't have a super high ceiling. I think Anthony Brown has a lot higher of a ceiling than Tyler Huntley, but nowhere near Lamar's. You know, quarterback's not a position we have to talk about a ton here. Running back, I think J.K. Dobbins, when you're talking about the entire team, has one of the highest ceilings on the entire team. And, you know, when we're talking about guys who are up and coming, like Lamar, for example, is not up and coming. We know who he is when he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. You don't have to have that conversation. But to me, up and coming players, J.K. Dobbins, and not that he's like, oh, so underrated, like no one knows about him, but I don't think he's had that true breakout yet in his ceiling when he's fully healthy. If he can put together some fully healthy seasons is so, so high to me where we've seen the contact balance. We've seen some of the burst. J.K. Dobbins is someone who I'm so excited to see what he can be. And, you know, maybe this doesn't happen on the Ravens, right? Obviously with his presumed contract hold in and with the injury situation with him, his injury history, there, there, there are a lot of question marks, I'd say, when it comes to J.K. Dobbins. But what I will also say is that we've seen enough from him when he is healthy to say, man, can he can he be something special? So I'm excited for J.K. Dobbins. Gus Edwards, I think, you know, he's kind of 
at his ceiling, maybe has a little more room to grow, but I think he's kind of what he is. And that's fine. He's a really good player, but that that's just what that is. Fullback wise. I mean, I don't know. Can we talk about Patrick Ricard and Ben Mason? I, I guess Ricard, I think to me is at his ceiling. Ben Mason is a, I think he has some room to grow. I think he could have a, he could reach a ceiling, but I don't know that, that to me is the fullback wide receiver wise. Rashad Bateman has such a high ceiling. Zay Flowers has such a high ceiling. Those two guys I'm really, really excited about. Devin Duvernay ceiling, I think, is a bit lower than those two guys. I think Bateman has wide receiver Pro Bowl number one potential. So does so does Zay Flowers. Both those guys do. And we just, you know, Zay Flowers is a rookie, right? We haven't seen any, any NFL action. Rashad Bateman, two years in, it's, it's kind of like J.K. Dobbins, right? The injury history, we've seen the specialness from him when he's healthy. Now, Bateman, the thing with him is drops. We've seen drops kind of plague him over the course of his two years a little bit. Kind of happened in college as well, but it's, it's really weird for a player that did not get injured in college, like having to go through these couple of injuries. It's, it's been tough for him, I'm sure. But I like both those guys as high ceiling options, both for now where you can see that improvement this year, hopefully, but also in the future when they have that, obviously, you know, multiple all pro pro bowl wide receiver one potential from them. Ceiling wise for Mark Andrews. It's interesting because like I, Mark Andrews is a all pro, one of the best tight ends in the league. He has room to grow, but I think Isaiah Likely has more room to grow considering where he is versus what a ceiling can be. Isaiah Likely's ceiling is, is incredibly high, so much potential, the athletic ability from him, the ability for him to, I think, be an, a positive contributor. We know he can be a positive contributor in, in the past game, right? Catching passes, scoring touchdowns. But as a blocker, the, the preseason run blocking, if you remember, was a tr- it was not good. It was atrocious, quite frankly. But I think he got better at it as the year went on. And that that, to me, showed growth. I think him entering year two, I think having a bigger role in the offense, we're going to see a lot more from him moving forward, which I, I, I'm super excited about. And again, I'm not forgetting about Mark Andrews. I'm going to talk about him in the final segment a little bit. So be sure to stay tuned for that. Offensive line-wise, it's super interesting. Tyler, Tyler Linderbaum to me, so uh, he he has so much potential. We saw the flashes of greatness during his rookie season. Uh, another University of Iowa offensive lineman paying dividends for Baltimore. I go back to that game, what was it, week eight? I think, yeah, week eight against Tampa when literally Devin White was <laughs> Devin White was not having a good time against Tyler Linderbaum in that game. He was getting pancaked, run off the line, pushed back 25 yards. Tyler Linderbaum has a grown man strength. Now, look, we'll sometimes struggle against bigger defensive linemen. It's just how it'll go, you know, his size limitations. And again, I'm not someone to dock on size as much as other people, but some of the size limitations, we saw that his rookie season but the ceiling for him is so high at a position that Baltimore has been struggling so, so very badly to just find consistency. You know, if we go back to, you know, the Jeremy Zuta, after Matt Burke, really, right? The Jeremy Zuta days, Ryan Jensen, you know, Gino Gradkowski got some run there. If you go and blast from the past, some of these crazy names, right? Obviously, Matt Skura had some snaps for them. Bradley Bozeman played there for him. And I'm forgetting a couple of guys in there as well. Tyler Linderbaum could be the center for this team for the next 10, 12 years. And that to me is very exciting. Ronnie Stanley, we know is an all pro. I think he's kind of, not that he's like hit his ceiling in a bad way, but I think he kind of has the, just super dependable. One of the best offensive tackles in the league. Zeitler is, is a guy that is, is on the older side. Same thing with Morgan Moses. To me, I think a guy with a super, I think he's more NFL ready, but a guy with a high ceiling in that line room is Andrew Voorhees. But a guy with a guy, a guy with a high ceiling that's not necessarily NFL ready is Salah right now. And I think that for Salah versus Voorhees, two guys who could start for them, but I just, 
I think Voorhees is a 2024 play. He's obviously not going to play this year because of his ACL injury, but Salah is someone who I think is pretty interesting. Could could be the leader in the clubhouse for the left guard position right now overall. Ben Cleveland, I'll mention him. I don't think his ceiling is super high. I don't even have him on my, on my roster right now, so I'm not going to spend too much time on him. But I just I think we should have seen more by now. When you're talking about like potential, he has it. You know, grown man strength, but the athleticism kind of limits it a little bit. Where he just doesn't have the athleticism I, I and a lot of other people would like to see out of an offensive lineman, at least at this stage. So we'll see what happens there. Defense, though, let's let's move there. Justin Matabike, we talked about the defensive line room yesterday. Justin Matabike has a huge, a massive, massive ceiling. I'm excited to see him, Brodzik Washington. But the one who has the highest ceiling, in my opinion, out of all the defensive linemen is Travis Jones. Travis Jones is so exciting to me. Again, I will say it every time I talk about him. I have no idea how they got him in the third round. It was was such a steal for that organization, and I was shocked he was still available when they took him. But, hey, you know what? You take who's available. I always say it, especially in those mock draft simulators. But let me tell you, he was not going there in the mock. He was going, like, early second round in those mock draft simulators. But regardless, Travis Jones is someone extremely strong, pass rush array of moves, very solid in the run game, too. He is a fully complete player. His ceiling is absolutely through the roof. Outside linebackers, Adafi Owe, David Ajabo, through the roof. I mean, super athletic freaks, guys who have the skill set to go out there and dominate every single Sunday. Their ceilings are incredibly high, but they have to put it together. Now, David Ajabo essentially only played in a couple games that had the one sack, one strip sack against Joe Burrow's only tackle. But Adafi Owe, it's it's about putting it together. Can he reach that ceiling? We've seen the flashes. We've seen the potential. But can he hit that ceiling? Inside linebackers, Roquan Smith, I think we know who he is. I'll, I'll, start, I'll start saying that for the veterans so we kind of know who they are. Roquan Smith, we know who he is. Patrick Queen still still has some room to grow, has a ceiling. I think he is close to hitting it in some ways, but still has a lot of potential to grow into, I think, a more all-around player. Trent Simpson's ceiling is crazy. <laughs> like Talking about how many positions he can play, talking about where he can line up, the athletic traits he has. His ceiling is, all, his ceiling is up there, so I'm excited about him. Corner-wise, Marlon Humphrey, we know who Marlon Humphrey is. We know who Rocky Asin is. I'm not super high on the ceilings of Jalen Armour Davis and Pepe Williams, personally. I mean, I don't uh, – this is just me. I mean, look, crazy enough out of – I think Kai Blue Kelly is NFL-ready. I think his ceiling is more of just like a solid roll corner, which is not is not a bad thing to be. The guy who in that room I think has the highest potential, and I talked about him yesterday, Darius Washington is one, and Trayvon Mullen is the other. Those are the two that I think have the highest ceilings – in that room. And it's kind of weird to think about, right? But I don't know. And then safety wise, when it comes to ceilings, Kyle Hamilton, oh man, <laughs> Kyle Hamilton's ceiling is unreal. We see the versatility, see the physicality, see the ability, see the improvements. I'm, I'm ecstatic. I'm super, super excited to see Kyle Hamilton grow. And I think he's going to be a phenomenal player. Marcus Williams, we know who he is. Gino Stone has a pretty solid ceiling. I, I think so. But to me, I think that over Justin Tucker, I think <laughs> Justin Tucker hit it. He's just so good. He might even continue to improve with how good he is. He might be hitting 70 yarders by the time he's 45 or something like that. So I would say Jordan Stout. Jordan Stout has a pretty high ceiling. I will say that. And then another another guy who I think is pretty exciting, Nick Moore. Just talking about ceilings with long snappers is kind of weird, but I think Nick Moore is someone who, I don't know, pro bowler. He's a pro bowler, right? But overall, Baltimore has a lot of high ceiling players, right? Like for wide receiver, Odell, we know who he is. He's a veteran. Devin Duvernay, you know. Kind of, I think his ceiling is a little lower than others, but we'll see what happens. I, I think I forgot. I think I mentioned Duvernay. I forgot to mention Odell, though. But a guy like Nelson Aguilar, we know who he is. 
But the Ravens have a lot of high ceiling players, and I'm excited to see them hopefully reach those ceilings or at least close to them. Not, it doesn't have to be this year, but over the course of their NFL careers. And I, look, some guys will hit it not in Baltimore. Some guys will never hit their ceilings. It's not like every single player I mentioned is going to hit it, but I think that doesn't doesn't necessarily take away from the fact that they do have those ceilings. And, and you know, I'm not going to take it away from them. Coming up in the final part of the show, we're going to give Mark Andrews some love and talk about how good he is. Let me a state team planner to talk about on Lockdown Ravens. We are back here on Locked On Ravens, rounding out this edition of the show. Kevin Allstriker is still here with you. Thank you again so much for all your support here on Locked On Ravens, whether you listen every day here and you're an everydayer. If you're listening for the first time here, thank you for tuning in. And if you're somewhere in between there, if it's your fifth time, your hundredth time, maybe even your thousandth time, we had a thousand episodes about a month ago. It's really exciting for me. If you're thousandth episode listener, I appreciate you as well. But let, let's talk Mark Andrews. I appreciate Mark Andrews. I'm really excited about Mark Andrews this year, but it feels like he's just been swept under the rug, right? It, it feels like that to a lesser extent with the running game because, you know, it's obviously because of what the Ravens have done this offseason. They got Todd Monk and they brought him in. They brought in Odell. They brought in Nelson Aguilar and Zay Flowers and, you know, this this shiny new offense they've been teasing all offseason. We're going to see it in full action this year, but it doesn't really go without Mark Andrews. I mean, I guess it could, but it would be, I think, a little worse without Andrews in the fold. To a lesser extent, the running games have swept under the rug with, with Dobbins and Edwards and Hill and all those guys because we're expecting the Ravens to pass the ball more, right? And that's just what it is. But with Mark Andrews, it's so weird, I think. The, the tight end position in general, like with Andrews, Likely, and Kohler. But it's so it's so weird to see Mark Andrews not really being talked about where everybody's like, oh, well, Odell's going to have this year, and, and Rashad Bateman's going to have that year, and Zay Flowers is going to have this year, and Devin DuVernay and Nagalore and all these guys. But Mark Andrews has been Lamar Jackson's preferred target. Has he had a lot else to throw to over the past couple of seasons? Not necessarily. But he has proven himself, Mark Andrews, as one of the premier options at the position in the league. You can argue whether he is one, he is two, he is three. I think he's a top three tight end, and I don't really think he's three or two. But, you know, we can talk about that conversation, and, and we can talk about that another time. But, you know, any order regardless between Kelsey and Kittle and Andrews and whatnot, we can see. Andrews and Kittle not as close to me as Kelsey and Andrews is, but regardless. Andrews, over the course of his five years in the NFL, has put up, I mean, just incredible numbers. 336 catches, 4,313 yards, and 34 touchdowns. He's averaged 12.8 yards per catch. Someone who's been such a security blanket for Lamar Jackson, for the entire Ravens offense. Mark Andrews is, I mean, dependable. He is. Last year, had a couple of injury issues, some weird stretch of, like, interesting drops here and there. That, that Jacksonville game, I think, was one where he, I don't know, it was kind of weird. It wasn't Mark Andrews, but it felt, it felt like he was getting slowed. What was it? He had like a shoulder or some injury like that. So I don't know. Andrews just, he wasn't full Mark Andrews, but 2021, his best season, he had 107 catches, 1,361 yards and nine touchdowns that year. And I mean, again, someone who I just think is so good and isn't isn't getting love because it's all, oh, well, Odell's going to catch like 50 balls or 75 balls. And, you know, oh, well, Sean Bateman's going to come back and be really good. And Zay Flowers is going to be, you know, really high use rookie. But Andrews has been, he has been this Ravens passing offense over the course of, I mean, last couple, however far you want to go, last couple of seasons. And that again was, I think, by proxy of the system, you know, the way Greg Roman's offense worked was they ran the ball. And the pass offense went through the tight ends, and that's it, right? Like the wide receivers, they were getting four targets a game and two catches, 25 yards. We're going to see a lot less of that in Todd Munkin's offense. But the thing with Mark Andrews is you can play him in the slot. You can play him in line. You can play him out wide. He, there was a play. Well, who was it against? Was it against Atlanta? 
I think it was against Atlanta where he had, he cooked, I think it might've been AJ Terrell. He cooked AJ Terrell and made a great catch up the sideline. And he has the ability to do that. But I will say, I want to, you know, shout out to Mark Andrews for this. But if you remember back when the Ravens took him in 2018, Hayden Hurst also, there were all these narratives. And at the time they were true where Andrews really struggled as a blocker in college. And he did, he was not a good blocker in college. The way that it kind of shook out for them was with Nick Boyle, Hayden Hurst, and Mark Andrews. Nick Boyle was the blocker, like the you know great blocker, one of the best blocking tight ends in the league, if not the best, honestly, but he wasn't necessarily great as a pass catcher. Hayden Hurst was the guy in the middle. Like he was a good blocker, a good pass catcher, but didn't necessarily excel. It wasn't necessarily super, necessarily better at one or the other, I'd say. Then for Mark Andrews, he was the guy who was the pass catcher, go out there, catch your passes, but he won't block for you at all. And what it was, was teams knew when run plays are going to certain sides based off of where Nick Boyle lined up. The Ravens, you know, people would say, oh, well, they're going to run to Nick Boyle's side because Andrews can't block when he's out there. And so whatever side Boyle's going through emotions to, that's where we're going to put the pressure and that's where we're going to flip our defense and slide the pressure over to. And to an extent that worked. Now, 2018, 2019, you know, you kind of have your first two years with Andrews in the fold and look, he showed a lot there. I mean, the, the play that sticks out to me most about Mark Andrews his rookie season against the Chargers on that long touchdown throw. Lamar placed a perfect ball. Mark Andrews catches it in stride, and he just stiff arms the life out of – I don't even know who it was, but he stiff armed the life out of somebody on his way to the end zone. And if you remember, that was a game the Ravens were not expected to win. The Chargers were a team that if Kansas City wasn't as good as they were that year, they would have been the division leaders, but they made the wild card game that year because – they made the wild. They made it as a wild card team in the playoffs that year because the Chiefs were just so good and the Chargers were good too. I think it was like a thirteen and four to twelve and five difference or something. The Ravens played the Chargers and then lost at home in the playoffs. But the Ravens were not expected to win that game and they needed to win that game to get in the playoffs and they did. And Mark Andrews was a huge, huge part of that. But is the is his career has gone on? Mark Andrews has improved as a blocker and now he is actually a good blocker. It's kind of it's hopefully the path I see Isaiah likely on when we talk about well. What, what does Isaiah likely project? What is his ceilings we talked about? There's so much to look at with these guys. And I think for Andrews, he has shown improvement, shown a willingness to work in a story too. You know, is super inspirational and he's been a very big advocate. I, I've had the opportunity to interview him on this show. You know, super nice guy, you know, answered my questions very willingly and was very, seemed very happy to answer them. And, you know, we, we had a good conversation and that to me, one of the highlights, you know, of my show. So Andrews is somebody who on the field, off the field, he's just an all around great player, great person. And he's not getting a lot of love this off season. So I thought that I'd kind of take this opportunity where we're in the lull period of the off season to give a guy who deserves some love, some love, because look, we're, we're going to get the Odo catches. We're going we're gonna to get the Rashad Bateman catches, the Zay Flowers catches, the Lamar highlight plays, but Mark Andrews is not going anywhere, and he's he's one of the many things that makes this offense so, so dangerous. So I, I just didn't want people to forget. I didn't want people to forget about Mark Andrews and how good he is and how much of an impact he has had. And I don't think people have. I just think people are so excited about what is new. And that's every offseason and every sport is that, where you, know, you bring in new guys, you get really excited about it, and I'm excited about it. But you kind of 
not, I don't know if forgets the right word, but you, you kind of get used to the, oh, Mark Andrews has been here for, this is his sixth season now. So, oh, Odell now is here. I want to see him. And then Zay Flowers is new. I want to see him. That's what the mindset of some people is. But Andrews is a good player. I'm excited to see him in a Ravens uniform still. He was a very big advocate of the Lamar extension. Him and Lamar are very close. And it was really cool to see him kind of campaign for his guy and who he is called his quarterback multiple times. So big shout out to Mark Andrews. But that's all I have for you here today on Locked on Ravens. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, follow in audio form, like the video on YouTube too. Be sure to spread the word as well on Locked on Ravens. It helps provide a greater audience here. More Ravens fans can come and comment. If you want to comment down below on YouTube, do that as well. We'll get back here tomorrow. More Ravens content from us. So be sure to stay tuned for that. I'll see you right back here tomorrow on Locked on Ravens.